Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1684. Today I'm back across the pond again talking about a little car that changed the sports car world and a very creative guy who worked on a book project that told the story. Buckle up. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm back across the pond. Seems, seems I've been there many times in the last few weeks in Wimbledon in the UK with a very special, very creative guest by the name of Rick Ward. Hey, Rick, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Hi, thanks very much. Yeah, and really appreciate the invitation and looking forward to our chat. Well, we're going to have some fun today. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, would you share one thing with our audience here that maybe most people don't know about you? Yep. Would you believe I love silence? (laughs) Well, that's not going to work today, Rick. (laughs) No. (laughs) And being in in peaceful surroundings. Mm. You know... I think it's more and more important these days. We are just obliterated with so many messages and with social media and online and just all this stuff coming at us. I've always said, really nice to just go out into a forest or to an ocean or somewhere and sit in silence and observe. Uh, it, it gives you an inner peace, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I learned that from, and I, I, I had it in the back of my head, but I went to, um, through whole circumstances, I went and spent, when Deepak Chopra was beginning his career, um, I met him through George Harrison, and uh, I'd gone through a, a heavy divorce, and I was sort of pretty shattered, and I went to his um, two and a half weeks I was at, with him wow. in um, San, uh, just down the coast. Oh, can't think of the name there. Uh, anyway, I was in California, and um, there he introduced me to a thing called silence, because most people know me as someone who loves to talk. <laughs> and one of the first things he did was make me wear a, a badge to say, in silence. So I couldn't speak for three days. Oh, my God. To anybody. Wow. Not to... And that discipline was... It was just amazing. And um, the longer I did it, it was, it was, it was truly amazing. And um, I really found it. And really, it's the basis of what meditation is about in Buddhism. It's like to learn to be or not to be and to be in the moment. That, I think, is crucial. Wow. So for me, that's that's what I not many people realize or even would believe that that's something that (laughs) I enjoy. Because I love I love people and chatting. So yeah, well that's tremendous, and to get to do it with somebody like him uh, is quite amazing. So that is an incredible story. Well, listen, let me give you a proper introduction. We're going to dive into some questions here. Sure. Richard, or to his friends, he's known as Rick Ward, is a design consultant who has worked in the UK design industry for over forty years. He was a founding partner of The Team, brand communications consultants, creating work for major companies, including The Beatles. There's a tie-in to uh, one of the Fab Four. 
Apple Records, EMI, Alfa Romeo, Lotus Cars, and numerous other huge names in a wide variety of business practices. His passion for books, though, has led him to designing many titles and earn him many awards. And his latest book, which we're going to be talking about today, is titled The Light Car Company Rocket, The Singular Vision of Two Men. It's authored by Clive Neville, who's going to be a guest on the show in the future here, and it's published by my friends at Porter Press international in the uk and it's a full history of fascinating machine that changed the sports car market and the brainchild of former racing driver chris craft and design genius gordon murray we'll be back in just a minute to talk with rick but first a word from our valued sponsors so sit tight we're gonna have some design talk today we'll be right back do you have a pet in your household that loves to go for a ride Our pets are part of our families, but they can be very hard on your vehicle's interior. Well, Covercraft has you covered. They offer a wide variety of solutions to protect your vehicle's interiors from Fido's rough treatment. Canine cargo area covers are padded for comfort and provide door-to-door protection. Pet pads have built-in features to keep cargo areas and seats protected. Covercraft solutions cover cargo areas, bucket or bench seats, and protect from damaging claws, pet fur, hair, mud, moisture, and that occasional drool from permanently damaging your vehicle's delicate surfaces. Choose from a variety of styles and colors that cover almost every vehicle made. Is your dog getting a little old? Covercraft even has a pet ramp so your trusted companion can get himself into and out of your vehicle. Here's something special to you from me at Cars Yeah. If you go to Covercraft.com and use the code yeah 120 Y-E-A-H-120, you get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com today and use the code YA120 and you'll get this special 10% off. Tell Fido it's from me. That's Covercraft.com. Use YA120 at checkout. Covercraft, they've got you covered. Woof. American Collectors Insurance, that's how I now protect my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my Orange Crush. Are you insuring your classic vehicles on your regular daily driver auto policy? then your special vehicles are at risk. Your regular auto insurance carrier won't tell you how much you'll get until after a claim, and more than likely, you'll be in for a rude awakening. With agreed value policy from American Collectors Insurance, you'll be paid your vehicle's full agreed value. No surprises. If you're driving your collector car less than 5,000 miles a year, do what I did. Call American Collectors Insurance and get your very own agreed value policy tailored to your specific vehicle. If you're like me, you're picky about who works on your special ride. A great policy allows you to choose your repair shop of choice, and that means you'll know the job is done right. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. They've been protecting vehicles since 1976. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. I did at American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Rick, as we continue on what we'll call your life, the journey of your life, I would love for you to start with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of inspirational thought that'll get the tires spinning here on cars yeah so rick grab the wheel right i came across this in uh, college it was a quote by mies van der rohe from the bauhaus and when i saw and learned about the bauhaus that blew me away and the quote is less is more but god is in the detail and for me that is just it 
Uh, we were chatting in our pre-show chat, uh, Rick and I, and we were talking about design because that was my background. And, and my father, he introduced me to that quote. So I would love for you to go a little deeper about this quote as it relates to, let's say, book design. In particular, we're going to dive into this book that you worked on with Mr. Neville here. But how do you define that quote, which is absolutely spectacular, into what you do when you're assigned a big project like this? Well, I think, to me, communication, the simpler it is, with a touch of humor, is by far the best way. But I think there's far too much over-complication in communication. And for me, if you can say the most by the least, and really, old posters did that, the paintings and pictures. But for me, it's whether it's a, a book or a, a project, I would say... I try to get down to what the essence of the subject matter is or the project and let that do the talking rather than over-design it. Just present it beautifully and simply in a very clear manner and easy to comprehend. I think one of the most challenging, to explain, one of the most challenging things I think for a designer to look at, which is given the least priority, is a simple form how many times have you come to fill a form in and say, oh, God, I can't, there's no space here. I can't fill this in. <laughs> yes. And why is that here? And um, this manifested itself when I won a large corporate identity project for an insurance company. And I asked them, who designs your forms? Because that's where you get all your information from. And they said, oh, um, oh well, one of the secretaries or that, look at it, we'll just give it to the printers. I said, therein lies the biggest issue you have. The most valuable information you have, you don't even look at as to how you gather it. And so, therefore, your input can only be as bad or as good as the form will allow. So, therein lies what I say, getting down to the essence of what the subject and let it speak for itself as much as possible and keep it simple and interesting. There's another great quote that ties into this. Perfection is achieved... Not when there is nothing left to add, but when there is nothing left to take away. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. It is good. Well, let's talk about this book. Now, this book, it blew me away. This thing is 300 pages. I must weigh five plus pounds. It's it's beautiful square, 12 inches square. And as I said in the intro, it's titled The Light Car Company Rocket, The Singular Vision of Two Men. So when you were assigned this project, and, and I know you're a car guy and you got to, to get involved, how do you tackle something this large? Because working with, like I've designed books where I actually write the book and I design everything in them. But when you have right. to take somebody else's words and then pictures supplied and then make it all flow and be comfortable. What are the challenges with that? Well, for me, it was, wasn't a challenge. It was completing a full circle of events. I'm fortunate enough to have known Gordon Murray since he arrived at the college. And also he's from Durban in South Africa. And unbeknown to me, he was at college in the engineering department section and I was in the art and design, and we never actually met. Oh, my gosh. And he then came over, and he ended up marrying one of the girls who I was at college with. And I've known him as soon as he arrived in the UK, which was um, very early, I think it was 69 or 70. And since then, we've been mates. So that 
put slight background to the project of the rocket. I have worked on and off for Gordon in all these various roles for, for Brabham, McLaren cars, and now as GMD. And at the time, he, he'd been talking, and also I'd met and known Chris Craft as well as a friend. And Gordon had had, and Chris had had this idea, and they brought me in. And um, I just sat down with them, and we started talking. And they were saying, you know, we want to build this car and everything else. And, you know, designed it, produced it, and it's going to be this. And I just said, oh, that's amazing. So I was in it right from the concept stage all the way through. So, you know, I said, well, what do you think of this styling? And I evolved into all the styling, as you can see going in the book, to see the bucks and, and, and the packaging and everything. And um, then he said, okay, well, you know, we're going, to, what are you, we're going to call it the rocket. What do you reckon? I can, fantastic. And my initial concept was that it was going to, to avoid certain taxes and things. It was going to come out as a kit car. So I said, well, you know, why don't why don't we package it in a different way? So what do you mean? I said, why don't you do If you deliver it as a kit car, it means it's got to be built. So deliver it in a giant cardboard box with a big poster on the side featuring, you know, a, a, a nice rocket because it's a big boy's toy. <laughs> Literally, and I did some scribbles um, for the concept, uh, as you'll see in the book, for the badge, and uh, came up with this lovely 19 sort of 50s kind of retro look, and um, designed the badge. And I said, well, we can just have that huge on the side, or have a background of you know space and the moon and in, in that vein. They said, oh, brilliant! Yeah, we'll we'll do that. And um, so we started with the badge, and that was the really the the promotion of it and then in order to produce it they formed the light car company so i designed that uh, logo as well but mainly the rocket and from then it just developed so i've been involved in it and knew all about it on every single stage of the way wow well that that, that brings a huge benefit to you as a designer oh absolutely yeah, absolutely plus having a, a mate who is gordon murray i mean my gosh yeah and knowing these guys in the process yeah. of putting this book together mm -hmm. were there some challenges that you felt that you faced or as a, a very seasoned designer and i know you're you're what what you call retired but i don't think someone like yeah. you ever really retires you don't really sit on a no. porch you're going to always be yeah. creative. You remind me a lot of my yeah. father because uh, <laughs> when he retired, he got even more busy with his life. Yeah. So when we talk about a challenge with a book like this, because there's so many pieces to it, and then working with uh, Clive, the author of the book, were there some challenges you faced that you felt you had to kind of work through? Oh, yes. And that was um, the photography uh, um, and records. I think... I think we were talking about it a little while ago. I think we spent about eight, nine years on this book, putting it all together. Really? The, the, wow. The, yeah. Um, the research is – it was down to research and locating photographs. And Because just Clive and I were doing it for nothing. And we were just going to self-publish it at one point. For me, as I said, it was fulfilling the complete circle. So it was tracking down references, tracking down photographs, getting permission, um, trying to say, look, we've got no money, you know, absolutely nothing, but we'll give you a book. And so loads of people, photographers um, and some magazines and that were, were, have been fantastic in saying, oh, yeah, OK, fine, we'll do that. And I think sometimes it took, was taking so long they didn't believe us, but finally it's done and, uh, and it's come out as it is. So for me, the challenge was getting that done and then trying to squeeze it into 300 pages maximum because that's an optimum page number for Porter Press, I believe. And so 
that was it. And then sort of I said to Clive, well, what we need to do is let the pictures speak. You write and let the pictures speak. So we did chapter by chapter by chapter and then and just built and we tried to get as many pictures as possible and as many drawings as possible. Gordon helped us immensely by... Um, He's fastidious at keeping sketches and notebooks, so he he enabled he allowed us to to use that and some of his own photographs as well. But we've had a lot of help from journalists and owners who supplied us with photographs as well. So it's it's with to collect the material, and then when we did find material, we then had to get clearances and um, try to a waive in a, a waiver a, a fee from it. So. It's, that was the challenge, but eventually it, it came down, and Chris, unfortunately, is not very well. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and um, Gordon and another guy called Brendan Wang, who took over the light car company from Chris, wanted to get it done before you know anything happened to Chris. So they said, okay, sod this, guys. We'll, we'll get it published. So they then spoke – Gordon was doing his book, One Formula, with, with Colin Porter, with um, Philip Porter. So they spoke to him. He said, you're on. And um, I said, oh, well, I'll just deliver the artwork to you and this is it. And, and so we arranged a rough spec and that's where we went. But the challenge was getting the material together, to be honest. I mean, this book has over 400 color and black and white photos in it. As I mentioned, yeah. it's it's huge size, almost almost 300. Well, 300 pages. Just 300. Just, just 300. Just 300. Mil. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> and and <laughs> but it's really brilliant. And I didn't know a lot about this vehicle, and I haven't quite gotten through the whole book. I sat down last night knowing we were going to talk, and I just started getting enthralled in things and realized, oh, it's midnight. I've got an early morning call from the UK. I better get to bed. <laughs> so I'm fresh. So I'm really looking forward to spending more time with this book. You did a fantastic job. It's really brilliant. And I love so many components of it. And it's I don't know. It's one of those books that I think everybody in the automotive fascination or, or world should really have on their library shelf. And we're going to talk in a minute here about your passion for cars and also another book that you produced, uh, Dri yeah. Driving Ambition, the story Ambition, of McLaren yeah. F1, which we'll get F1. into. Yeah, which will be pretty darn yep. cool. Let's take a short break and thank our sponsors. And we come back. I want to talk a little bit about this passion you have for automobiles because you're a designer and I know you're a fellow Porsche-file, which means we're yep. going to get along marvelously. So sit tight, <laughs> keep your pencils and your notebook handy. Right. And we'll be right back. Right here. Let's take a pit stop from the conversation and talk about my charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. One of those nonprofits is very near and dear to my heart because it's right down the road from the Cars Yeah headquarters. It's the LeMay America's Car Museum in Tacoma, Washington. One of the world's truly great automobile collections and one of those must-see bucket list destinations for car people like you and me. If you haven't seen it, I hope you make a trip soon. And if you have seen it, it's probably time to visit again. To learn more about this fantastic museum, go to www.americascarmuseum.org. And while you're there, you can donate to help them keep their engines running. That's www.americascarmuseum.org. 
carmuseum.org. Kevin Buckler is a winning racer and team owner of the Racers Group. He has over 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24-hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans. Kevin realized the racing world is about the people and founded Adobe Road Winery. He and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own with a racing twist. Just like in racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, superb taste, all blended together with a whole lot of fun. There are four carefully crafted blends with race-inspired names, Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. When you purchase all four, you get the entire lineup in a beautifully designed gift box. There's a printed description of the blends inside the box lid, and every bottle is parked in a protective die-cut placeholder. The bottles feature three-dimensional labels, and I promise you'll want to keep them after enjoying these delicious wines. The box is so cool, you'll want to keep it too. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiasts in your life, and I have a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word, all caps, at checkout, you'll get $10 off any purchase of wine from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout for $10 off on your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence, with the racing series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYAT today to get your deal. Cheers. All right, we're back. Now, I would love to know more about your personal passion for automobiles. I know you sent me some materials before uh, we got together on this call, and you have a 88 Porsche Cabriolet. I've got an 87 Turbo, so we like that nice era of cars. What was that pivotal moment in your life, Rick, that you knew that you were going to be a bit of a car guy? Well, I think it was when I was in in my teens, really. I, I wanted, you know, this was in Africa, and uh, I, I, I'd, I'd loved cars. I actually wanted to get a motorbike. My mother forbade me. Um, I ended up having a Lambretta scooter. But a friend of mine had got hold of, I don't know where from, there was a little in- car made in England called a Barclay, a Berkeley Special. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the first cars that had a motorcycle engine, but it had four wheels. And it had a loose shape like the um, AC Cobra sort of thing and the early D-type Jags and things, starting wow. those bulbous. I just thought it was amazing. Anyway, that was it. And I just thought, oh, it'd be lovely to have a car, something like that. Yeah. And that was it. And then when Gordon came here and got a job for Brabham, Brabham's went down to see it because you know never seen a Formula One car being made, never even thought about it. And it was just like amazing to get to see the factory and how how few people produced these unbelievable cars. And to me, it was just it was just lovely. It was the sound of the engines going off, the smell. The shape of Gordon's cars, because as you know, he is a, known for beautiful cars. And the thing that struck me was wooden the wooden bucks they used to use for making the bodywork, which was made out of fiberglass. And they're made out of this sort of wood, which they then used to mold. And it was made in strips all the way up and then 
cut out. And it was just, I thought they were like sculptures. I said to Gordon, you should keep all these because you could put them in your garden as sculptures. <laughs> Anyhow, that sort of that was it. And then I designed a logo for them, the for Brabham, which they used for a bit. And then Gordon said, well, why don't you come to one of his first Grand Prix where one of his cars were racing? So I said, okay. And we went to what doesn't exist anymore, Crystal Palace, oh, um, yes. which was, it's now a small club circuit. Yeah. Oh, yes. And that's where they had the first couple of the races. And I just couldn't believe this, the, the atmosphere, the sound of the engines. And also for me, it was like Gordon's cars were simple. Again, less is more. And he just tried to keep the lines simple, and which helped um, with aerodynamics and so forth. And just that was it. And just seeing these cars go around, it was just unreal for me. <laughs> And that was just it, really. And after that, I just got, I just loved cars, but I could never, ever afford a big car, you know, uh, a, a, a sort of special car. Because as soon as you get married, bang, you've got to be into a practical car that'll take prams, cots, and all that sort of stuff. Why does that always happen? What's with that deal? Well, I think it's life, I think. Yeah, life and children and everything. Well, you yeah. know, I always ask my guests about their, their first very special car. You mentioned that Berkeley, which is a very interesting yeah. mark. I think they were founded around the mid-50s or something, and then by 60, yeah. they were kind of out of business. But yeah. interesting history. They also made, uh, you talked about a three-wheel kind of motorcycle engine version, yeah. I think, but they also made a sports car. But what was your first really special vehicle? Well, first special vehicle, I would say, that I that I just had wanted all my life was the Porsche. And I bought that after I had my, after the divorce mm -hmm. and uh, for my 50th birthday. Oh, nice birthday present. I thought, bugger this, I'm getting one. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes and, that's what you got to do, right? Yeah. And, and, and so I did. And I, funnily enough, the, the previous year, because I, again, I had, had, we'd been fairly successful. I said to the guys, I'm not having a company car this year. I'm having a company motorbike. And they, what? <laughs> And I said, yeah, well, I've got, a, I've got a car. It was an old BMW 3 Series. And so I said, okay, well, I'll just swap it around. And they said, oh, all right then. So I bought a brand new Harley. Oh, wow. And um, so I was using Harley to go to work and so on. And one day I was coming back um, from a client, and in front of me was a guy driving this Porsche, you know, the Porsche, my Porsche. And I thought, bloody hell, that's nice. And I was in good nick, and I followed him. And he was on the way home, and he stopped off, and he just opened up a showroom. So I pulled over and said, can I come? Oh, is that for sale? He said, yeah, we're not open yet. So I said, well, I'll come on Saturday. And the rest is history. I went in, bang, that was it. They're certainly fun cars. They've been my car of choice and mark of choice for, gosh, my whole life. Uh, well, here's a bit of an introspective question for you, Rick. I'm going to get into your creative mind here. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. This is how you perceive your talents, your personality morphed into a vehicle. What would Rick Ward be? And more importantly, why? Well, you asked that. I come from Africa and their cars have to function. Mm -hmm. And for me, the car I've always wanted, even when I came here, is an old Land Rover Defender. They go anywhere. Highly functionable, easy to repair, unbelievably reliable, as people know. You can live in it. You can be. You can feel free. You can travel, and it's highly adaptable 
to all being all sorts of things and those are sort of qualities that i you know hopefully am as a character and and i think going with the flow of things is interesting but also being adaptable i mean this you know the the whole thing of success is adapting and survival is about adapting to conditions and changing conditions and as you know as a creative that constantly can happen where they suddenly change everything that they want to say or they want to you know or want to show yes so to me it's just it's just form and function really you know yeah back to an old good principle of less is more really i love it nice answer to that question well we are entering what i call the last lap a little bit of a lightning round here yeah sure i'm gonna fire off some questions some quick blips of that land rover defender throttle answers is what i'll get from you so here's the first one would you share with us one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your success and enjoyment in life yes i would say my passion and my interests in what I do. And I discovered that at college. And I think that when I got to college, it was never hard work for me, whereas school and studying had been. At college, it was just something I wanted to do. I was so interested in it and I worked incredibly hard just purely because I was so interested and got such a kick out of it. And, uh, and I think that's it, is just to be focused, have a passion, but the most important thing is being interested in what you do. And that's what I tell kids when they when, when I used to counsel them and they used to come from schools to, to have uh, breaks with us to find out what design was. I said, what are you interested in? And they'd tell me all sorts of things. So I said, well, why do you want to come here? Oh, well, I think it's an exciting. I said, no, but you're not interested in it. And don't think it's just sitting around drawing pretty pictures. It's not. Right. <laughs> it's very hard work. I said it's a. Perf- I call it a performing art where you have to go in every day and be creative with your thinking good, whether you're feeling great, whether you've had a heavy night before or whatever, or you're stressed out or peed off with somebody. You've got to be really interested in what you do and you've got to be passionate because they, you might be employed to work eight hours a day, but trust me, you're going to end up doing 10 easily. So that's it. A, a focus and a passion and an interest, interest more than anything. Great advice. Now, if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a meal or a drink with anyone, let's say in the automotive industry, who would that person be? Without a doubt, Gordon Murray. (laughs) Um, The reason being is I've known Gordon for a long time. He's his dear friend. And through him, I've met and been going to many Grand Prix. I've met a lot of the racing drivers, the people who are, you know, part of being part of it and being to different, you know, working at Lamborghini for Lamborghini, redoing their logo and things. And he's an amazingly genial man, Mm -hmm. very, very knowledgeable. He has a huge um, knowledge of wines, and he's an enophile, as they are called. And he also loves music. He's a great listener, and as a person, he's exceptionally generous, not only in his wisdom and advice, but as a friend. And, um, yeah, I just... And we, we, we chat for hours and hours and hours when we do. So, you know, to me, it's interesting. I always learn something yeah. different when we talk and come away feeling, oh, that was phenomenal every right. time. Awesome. So. Now, when it comes to automotive advice, has someone ever offered you some advice that was very valuable? Yes. Um, again, sort of talking to Gordon and a few other people, I think you've got to – a car has to fit your purpose. And it not it's a need and a want – Want is a great thing, but need is a necessity, literally. So for me, it was like, think of the purpose. What do you want it for? And what do you need it for? So it has to be purposeful, 
functional running costs and you need to feel comfortable and safe in it and so does your wife or kids or whatever so really it's that it's just a fit for purpose car and the pragmatics of it well so many of us car fanatics really don't buy cars that way though do we no we have a whole nother agenda in our in our life and it's about passion we don't really care oh i forgot i have to have back seats for my kids darn it Uh, yeah well yeah well that was the reason i could never have a porsche before because you can't really have a stick a baby seat in the back of a porsche you know well i i figured out a way to do it when my daughter was born so there is a way to do it but uh, at that time only one company made those seats now when it comes to resources there are so many for us these days is there one particular you'd like to share a resource i don't know i i think i mean for want of a better thing my interests are wide and and varied so i think on the web you can find and search for whatever you're looking for but you need to also check that that it's it's real it's real uh, real i suppose (laughs) yeah you know not virtual but real in in terms of its facts but i mean you could get a lot from that and i think if you're a car fanatic i'm sure it's people where you can source parts from and 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 panel beaters and paint sprays and mechanics and that sort of thing but i think you know for me in my in my point of reference i would say that because um or else i would have said a library in the old days you know because it's about opening your mind really yeah and and finding out yeah uh, you know, you said something here that I think is a highly underutilized thing, at least here in the United States, and that is our libraries. Tell me. Yeah, my wife has discovered that they will actually send her audiobooks to her her device for free because you yeah. just need a library card. She gets all her books that way. We get movies that way. And a lot of people yeah. don't realize that. They think of old-fashioned, you have to go in, you have to find a book. Yes. and and even if they don't have the book you want, you can pre-order it and they'll tell you when it arrives. Yep. So the libraries and our taxes pay for this. So utilize those listeners. The libraries are a wonderful resource. Now, I always ask about a book. Now, obviously, we're going to be promoting the light car company, A Rocket, the singular vision of two yep. men. Uh, I also wanted to mention briefly here this other book you worked on, Driving Ambition, the story of McLaren oh. F1. Tell us yep. a little bit about that. Well, again... I was one of the first people to know about the car that, and the car company forming when Gordon was moved across and um, had had enough of Formula One, really. And he always wanted to design a sports car. And so he and Ron Dennis and the other partners, um, four partners, um, directors um, in uh, McLaren, decided to form McLaren Cars because Gordon had said, well, this is the kind of car I'd like to sort of build. And I said, OK, fine, put it together. And... Um, I think I was one of the first eight people to know about the F1, and again, being very lucky. And um, so I started off, I again, was so involved in it from, well, it's history, not in, in it, the car itself, but history, all the way through to, to its launch, which I also did in Monaco, and saw it on every you know, every way and did and art directed all the photography for it, promotional material, design, the logo, the badge. Wow. And uh, the, 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 the speedometers and all that, and all the graphics as such on it that were required. Man. So it, it, you know, again, how blessed am I to have been in that position? Oh my gosh. That's incredible. I, you know, that car has become like the modern day GTO it's, from collector standpoint because they're just, they've oh, gone it, stratospheric in value and they're so oh, yeah. spectacular. I was very fortunate when that car was first coming out because they had an alliance with Facom Tools. 
out of France. Mm-hmm. And I was yes. I was importing Facomb tools and I got I was over there and I got to take a little insider tour of those when those cars were first built. They had a little compartment on the side yeah. where they had their own private yeah. Yeah, set of Facomb tools. And I was sitting there looking at this vehicle and, and I'm just thinking this is going to be a car that will live on forever. But now I'm talking to a guy that got to be part of the design process. How how fascinating. Well I mean I think I think what people it it wasn't built at at the big McLaren factory. Right. Yeah. It was built um, in a building estate, an industrial estate, and they had a large building there, and they built and fabricated it and tested it there. Everything was done, and a lot. Of, it's a thing that a lot of people don't know. It was the I think one of the last cars. Every single thing on it was hand drawn. Every drawing on it was hand drawn. And again, I think it again. It's it's like the peak. Yes. Of um, yes. of sports cars or cars in the yes. industry, you know, oh, and, yeah. and it's iconic, and it'll be the ultimate forever, really. It always will be, unless I haven't seen, but I also I haven't I haven't I've been sort of part of, but not as involved at all in the new T50, which is coming out. Mm, Have yeah. you heard about that? I've heard little bit, little tiny bit, yeah. So I mean, that is the development on of what the F1 would be right now yeah so it's mind-blowing oh my gosh yeah well i'm sure it will be no doubt well we're up to the checkered flag here rick and uh, i'm going to ask you okay. a question that can be a bit of a doozy but it's a fun thought i'm going to buy you yeah. any fun collector car in the world doesn't matter who owns it or where it is or how much it costs i'm going to park it in fact since you may not have a garage i'm going to build you a garage that you can park it in so you don't have to worry about that aspect right. this is a car though that you can't sell to fund a bunch of other projects. It's got to be a keeper. It's got to tick all the boxes. I want you to enjoy it and drive it. No garage queens allowed here at Cars, yeah. Yeah. It's the only one collector car you can have. So you need to be choosing wisely today. What am I going to buy you, Rick? McLaren F1 original. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that now that I, I know more about your involvement. Okay, well, let, let's go a little deeper with this thing because, you know, they did make a uh, kind of a performance model that I believe uh, one of those is owned by a guy that makes shirts with polo ponies on them. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's in a beautiful McLaren orange. By the way, my son's wall in his bedroom when he was younger, one of the walls is painted McLaren orange. That was a choice that we had. So the McLaren F1. So let's Do talk about you know where that this. color comes from, by the way? Tell me. The McLaren orange is a color that Bruce McLaren used to paint his racing cars when he was racing and building them. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. So, sorry, that's just a by the way, but... No, no, I like that. Well, it, it kind of makes sense because I've I've seen, obviously, a lot of those cars, the K&M cars, the Formula 2 cars, Formula yep. 1 cars. He loved orange. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like orange, too. My turbo is orange. But aside from that, so the McLaren F1, so what color would you like yours to be in? Mine would be, I think, we agonized over this, and we had a lot of discussion for the launch. And I think, for me, the silver. Because, and Ron wanted to have it red, and I said, no way, because in those days, a lot of the um, promotional stuff in the press were black and white, you know, newspapers and that sort of stuff. And I, sh- and I did a quick mock-up and, of colors, and, and, and I said, if we're going to launch this, where are we going to launch it? We're not, we're not going to be inside. We're going to be outside. So you're going to get – there's going to be gravel around. There's going to be roads around. And that's going to reflect. And unless you get something that reflects nicely – 
Mm-hmm. It's always going to look a mess. And if you and if you try and launch a car in a dark color, it can always look a mess. And people don't actually think about that because the re- reproduction of the photo- photographs one thing, but where it's going to appear is how it's going to affect people looking at it. So. You know, the silver for me a, is, is a classic number, a classic color, yeah. and I think it is totally re- contemporary, an iconic color for a car of that stature at the time, and still is. Yeah. And that would be the reason for it. I love it. I love it. Well, I'll get to work on that. It may take me a little while, so sit tight, but uh, I'm, I'm trying. Okay. I'm working for okay. you. Rick, <laughs> Rick, you've taken me on a really great ride today. I want to thank you for spending some time with me and sharing this fantastic new book by, of course, our great friends at Porter Press International. They, they bring me some wonderful people and wonderful books for our automotive libraries. Before I let you go, would you offer us one little parting piece of your wisdom and your guidance before you drive? off into the English countryside in that silver McLaren F1. Lovely. Yeah, I think, again, it's a it's something which um, I think is important in today's world. And it's a saying, again, I came across um, through Deepak. The past is history, the future a mystery, and this moment is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Well, you know what? This moment has been a present to me from you, and I want to thank you for spending some very quality time with me today. I would love nothing more than one day to uh, be able to walk in the forest with you and have you teach me a little about that silence thing. (laughs) I could get a little bit more of that. I really want to thank you for spending time with us today. Are you very active out there in the social media world? Is there a a way for people to follow along with you? Well, I am on Facebook, but I don't really do social media. I find I find it it's so time consuming and yes. so full of nonsense and we get <laughs> yeah. we're so overloaded with dare I use the word crap. Just rubbish. Yes. And I just I don't wanna I don't wanna spend my my leisure time listening and, and seeing and all sorts of useless bits of information which have no relevance to life or limb. And you know, that that would be it. I just think no, I I mean as I said, for me, it's referral. Yeah. It's if people want to find out if they could contact you or Philip or whoever. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's fantastic. And most of my, a lot of my work has come through client referral or personal referral. Yeah. Yeah. And people I've met along along the journey, you know. I think you're a smart and wise man. Many times I kind of wish with what I do, I almost have to use it because it's a way to distribute what I do. But uh, many other days I wish. I wish I could just leave it all alone and behind me. I know now it it, it is part of the world yeah. as it is. You know, you can't you can't pretend it's not there. It's very much part of our world, and it is it's affecting us in all sorts of ways. Yep. And I think you know, again, survival is adaption. Yes. And you use it for what you want it for, not to let it use you. And unfortunately, I think too many people are let it letting it use them. You know what, Rick? You're very wise, and I think you're right. So I would encourage uh, my listeners, what I'll do is I'll put a link to Porter Press's website page because I would encourage you to go there. Also, I'll put links to how you can get a copy of this book. If you have a a friend in the automotive world, it makes a great holiday gift, a keeper for life. And uh, I think what I'll do today is I'll take a little bit of Rick's advice, take a moment to go outside, be in silence, enjoy the trees, nature. Uh, I think that's a very wise lesson you've taught me today, Rick. Thank you for spending some time with us today. (laughs) This has been so much fun. Thanks for being so generous for sharing your life with us. Until you and I talk again, my friend, or we share some silence together, I'll see you down the road. All right. Thank you so much, Mark. And it's been an honor. Really has. Thank you. Pleasure's all mine. 
My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code CARSYEAH, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!